have with me on the phone Dr. Gavin Barlow, who's a consultant in infectious diseases and general medicine at Castle Hill Hospital in Hull in the UK. Gavin is here to talk to us about an article he's recently published in the BMJ on how to investigate suspected urinary tract infection in older people. Gavin, welcome to this BMJ podcast. Thanks very much, Mabel, for uh, talking to me. Now, let's start with a typical case scenario. We may have an elderly patient living in a care home who's referred because of an acute history of increasing confusion without an obvious cause, and she's unable to give a clear history, but the staff and her family says she's not normally confused, um, and she's now noted to be incontinent of urine. The staff suspect that she might have a urinary tract infection or a UTI. What do you think ought to be our next step? Well, I think in that sort of patient, which is a very common scenario in my own acute medical admissions unit here in Hull, it's really all about very careful initial clinical assessments. So if the patient's unable to give a story, a history uh, to the doctor, then obviously some collateral story is always useful uh, from relatives, friends, or from the nursing residential home in question. And then it's about careful examination. And one of the things I think is really, really important in these patients is careful physiological assessment and asking the question, is this patient physiologically stable because obviously if the patient's physiologically or relatively stable then there's no rush necessarily to make a diagnosis we can do some tests we can get more information about the patient and then we can review that information later on if the patient is physiologically unstable then obviously there's a myriad of causes of why that might be in an elderly patient and certainly infection and certainly urinary tract infection is high up or relatively high up the differential uh, diagnosis and is something uh, we should certainly think about And one of the things we find, certainly in our own hospital, though, is uh, that urinary tract infection diagnosis is applied far too early in these patients. It's almost an automatic label in some of these patients without really thinking more widely uh, about what else might be going on and what is the deterioration really uh, due to. Um, So let's say that physical examination doesn't find anything that points to a clear cause for her Uh, recent confusion. She's hemodynamically stable. Um, uh, The staff uh, are really keen to to exclude or confirm uh, whether or not she's got a urinary tract infection, but clearly this lady can't tell us whether she has symptoms. How should we be proceeding next? Okay, so the first thing I would be asking is, well, what's the evidence in terms of what we know already about this patient and in terms of early tests that may have been done. What's the evidence that this patient has uh, inflammation, for example, a systemic inflammatory uh, response? So I would certainly apply the systemic inflammatory response syndrome uh, criteria to see if they are uh, positive. 
what are some features we might be looking for in order to determine whether there's a systemic inflammatory response? So, for example, if the patient has a heart rate uh, more than 90, a respiratory rate more than 20 uh, per minute, uh, a white cell count of greater than 12 or less than 4, uh, also the temperature, is it more than 38 degrees centigrade or less than uh, 36, so particularly in elderly, hyperthermia, of course, can be a feature of infection, can be a feature of the systemic inflammatory uh, response. And then there are some newer criteria which include an elevated uh, blood glucose uh, and altered uh, mental status as well. So if a patient has two or more of those criteria, then they can be said to have a systemic inflammatory response. One of the problems with systemic inflammatory response, of course, is that many diagnoses, including non-infection diagnoses, uh, can cause a systemic inflammatory response. So for example, myocardial infarction can cause a systemic uh, inflammatory uh, response, as can infection. But if you do have a patient who is unable to give you a clear history, then identifying the presence of a systemic inflammatory response at least gives you a clue that there's an inflammatory process going on that may be uh, an infection. And obviously, uh, within the differential diagnosis of infection in the elderly, urinary tract infection is going to be very high on the list, although one must remember that there are many other infections elderly patients get, including, for example, respiratory tract infections. Okay, well, let's say for the sake of argument, this lady has none of those features that you uh, uh, mentioned, apart from the acutely altered mental state, um, and her temperature's 38 degrees. What next? Well, I think uh, if temperature's 38 degrees uh, centigrade, then I, I think uh, obviously one has to worry about infection in the elderly. Uh, sometimes inflammation of other causes uh, can cause uh, fever, but uh, one would certainly have infection at uh, top of the list there. And I would be, the sort of uh, things I would be doing next, next are sort of basic blood tests, such as a, a full, full blood count and uh, C-reactive protein, bearing in mind, of course, that neither of those are specific to uh, urinary tract uh, infection. And I think in that sort of patient that has uh, a, a definite fever, preferably confirmed on more than one occasion, uh, then I think it's entirely, entirely reasonable to send uh, a urine culture in those patients. Okay, now before we do that, what about the role of urine dipstick testing? So urine dipstick testing is often done in clinical practice. In fact, in my own organization, almost everyone that walks into hospital seems to get uh, a urine dipstick. But one needs to interpret the results in the elderly very, very carefully uh, indeed. So studies have shown that urine dipstick tests in the elderly do not have a particularly good uh, positive predictive value. So they're not very good at ruling in uh, urinary tract infection. Now, if a dipstick test is done and it's negative in a patient without uh, clear symptoms of a urinary tract infection or other signs that may make you think uh, infection or urinary tract infection is a problem in the individual patient, then uh, dipstick tests are reasonably good at ruling out uh, urinary tract infection in that scenario. So they have a high, relatively high negative uh, predictive value, over 90% in most uh, studies. So if you're going to use them, don't use them to rule in urinary tract infection. Use them to rule out urinary tract infections. Well, that's good to know. Now, so let's move on to sending off a urine for microscopy and culture. 
what is the point of doing that? We know that bacteria is very common in the elderly and yep. doesn't necessarily indicate infection or serious disease. Um, why send off a urine for culture? Okay, so the main purpose of sending off urine for culture is to firstly confirm uh, bacteria, and particularly in the patient uh, that may not be able to give you a good history, it gives you a little bit of circumstantial evidence uh, if there's no obvious other cause, infection or otherwise for their symptoms. It gives you a little bit of circumstantial evidence that you may be dealing with a urinary tract infection. But most, most importantly, the reason for really doing a urine culture is all about antibiotic sensitivity testing. So if you do prescribe an antibiotic, uh, is the antibiotic that you uh, prescribed, is it likely to work or if the patient's not doing well, do you need to think about uh, changing the antimicrobial? Uh, and of course, that's really, really important in the area of uh, gram-negative uh, antibiotic resistance, which is an emerging problem worldwide. Okay, Gavin, I think that's been a really clear summary of the rational testing of suspected UTI. Um, if I might just again summarise what you've already said so well, um, in patients who are unable to provide a history, um, we need some evidence of acute inflammation and that may be the usual clinical features such as fever or tachycardia um, or it may be um, test results such as a raised white cell count or a C-reactive protein. Um, they are hopefully confirmed with bacteria on urine culture um, with no other more likely cause of acute illness. Um, you've also mentioned that urine dipstick testing isn't terribly helpful unless the, unless the result is negative, in which case it's useful to exclude a UTI. Would that be a, a reasonable summary? Yeah, I think that's absolutely a very good summary, Mabel. Yeah. Okay. And uh, of course, the, the, the thing about uh, sending urine off for culture is that asymptomatic bacteria is extremely common in the elderly and we shouldn't treat bacteria alone without all those other features that you've already mentioned. No, no, without some uh, evidence either on the history or further assessment of the patient that urinary tract infection may be a genuine problem, then one has to uh, interpret a positive urine culture very, very carefully because somewhere between one in five uh, and one in 10 patients living, elderly patients living in the community uh, will have asymptomatic bacteria. It's even higher if you look in residential facilities and 100% of patients with long-term catheters have of asymptomatic uh, bacteria. And the really important uh, thing about asymptomatic bacteria is that the evidence suggests that if you treat it uh, in the absence of a true urinary tract infection, that you actually increase the patient's risk of urinary tract infection in the future. Many thanks, Gavin. That was extremely helpful. For more detail on this topic, Gavin Barlow's article can be found on bnj.com. <laughs>